Look at the weather. It's beautiful here. Non-stop rain. Oh, man, it is a blazer out there. It's cold and it's shivery. It is cold. Really coming down here. I really enjoy your weather reports. From the All Indiana Podcast Network. We're talking weather in a whole new way. From historical events to what's coming up. Plus, weather news, science, safety, fun facts, and more. I like where this is going. This is Weather Weekly. Weather Weekly with Wish TV Storm Track 8 meteorologist Marcus Bailey. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you with us here again. Episode number 32. So good to have you along. I am meteorologist Marcus Bailey from Wish TV here in Indianapolis. And how about it, gang? Fall is upon us as the day that this drops. Uh, on a Wednesday, it is the first day of fall. The autumnal equinox happening. If you're listening to this the day of... Obviously, you're listening a little bit later than it's already well into fall. But we are going to start feeling a little more like fall, too. Um, People have been kind of antsy for that. I am. I love. This is my favorite season. I think I've mentioned this here on the podcast before. This is my favorite season. And maybe it's just because sometimes, you know, in the summer, I just get a little bit. I'm over the heat, the heat and the humidity. You know, typically, especially in the Midwest, and I've worked my entire television career and weather career in the Midwest. Um, you don't get a lot of active, severe weather. You get some, but not a lot into the you know, the late summer months, right? You're usually very hot. Uh, you're humid. Um, you can get some of these spotty downpours. Um, but a lot of the summer, especially late summer, ends up running dry. I can, I think I can probably think of more drought-stricken late summers in my career of covering things, whether it be here in Indiana over the last six years or Illinois, you know, the six years prior or in Lima, Ohio, um, a lot of late summers that just ended up running really, 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 really dry. And that was kind of the main story. So I get to a point where I'm like, let's move on. I'm done with the heat and done with the humidity. Ironically, we pushed near 90 degrees this past weekend here, the last official weekend of the summer season. And it's interesting, at least as I'm recording this here. Now, I'm recording this on uh, the Monday after or uh, Monday uh, leading up to the podcast release. So uh, September 20th. Uh, this will be released on the 22nd. Um, so I went to, to date here on the average temperature for the month of September. I was curious. I, I would suspect that we're running pretty warm. I was right. Um, so far, um, again, now this is not factoring in Monday's high temperatures, uh, which were closer to average thanks to kind of some rain kind of moving through. Uh, but running through the very hot weekend, 72.7 was the average temperature, good for fifth warmest uh, on record in September. Now, that number is going to go down substantially. Um, you know, we still have, what, um, 11 days left for the month of September. No, I'm sorry, 10 days. Um so you're going to get a bit of a cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll get more into this here in the in the extended at the, the back end of the podcast here, uh, you know, but we're going to see at least a couple of days in the extended that we only hit highs in the 60s. Your overnight lows are possibly going to be in the 40s. That's going to bring your average temperature down. And I think we probably remain below average for a long duration. So that's going to bring our number down just a bit um, from the 72.7 that we're at. I still think, you know. 
that we're probably gonna have a good shot of staying with an average temperature of the long haul above 70, which would be still cracking us in the top 30 for warmest. So an unusually warm September. So that was kind of our main headline. Um, we finally did get some much needed rain and, uh, uh, we'll talk about that in the extended forecast here, but we've had nothing in terms of significance with severity of weather or flooding or anything like that. So we will get to the extended forecast as we're getting on the back half of the month of September, knocking on the door of October. Whew, crazy. And we're just flying by. Let's get to some national headlines before we get to our podcast subject of the day. Uh, not a lot happening national or worldwide. Thought this one was interesting. It's not necessarily weather related, but it is definitely science related. Um, big volcanic eruption in Europe. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did post a link uh, to the initial article uh, the day of the eruption on Sunday. Um, this was in Spain's Canary Islands. Uh, this is uh, from AccuWeather in, in uh, combination with uh, the Associated Press. Um, after days of increased seismic activity that resulted in more than, get this, 22,000 earthquakes. Uh, the Cumbre Viaja volcano on the island of La Plama erupted for the first time in half a century. The Cumbre Viaja volcano on the Spanish island of La Plama erupted Sunday after days of increased seismic activity, forcing thousands to flee and spewing lava that destroyed numerous properties. The eruption began Sunday afternoon on the southern portion of the island, causing fissures to open, which allowed lava to burst into the air and trickle down hillsides and onto roads roadways. About 100 homes in an area of the island known for farming were destroyed by the lava flow, according to the AP. No injuries have been reported. The AP also citing the Canary Island Volcanology Institute says the lava was moving at a speed, get this, of 2,300 feet per second and was expected to cause explosions and clouds of acidic steam when it reached the waters of the Atlantic Ocean on Monday. The temperature of the lava was measured at more than 1,800 degrees. La Plama, Palma, sorry, was a has a population of 85,000 and is located within Spades Canary Islands, which are located off the northwest coast of Africa. So far, about 5,000 people have been evacuated from the area around the volcano and lava flow. According to the AP, authorities have told some residents to remain indoors due to falling volcanic ash. I can't really, I mean, I just can't imagine um, that. I mean, you just don't see volcanoes, you know, erupting very often in populated areas. Obviously, the, the Earth's always got activity and, and the ring of fires, uh, something that you know, if you're a science geek, you're very well aware of it's out in the Pacific Ocean. Um, but a lot of those eruptions, they happen underwater. They happen under the ocean, right? That's where a lot of the fault lines and, and those kind of things are. Uh, so you don't often hear about uh, anything. Obviously, we had some issues in Hawaii. It seems like it was probably like six years ago or so, six, six or seven years ago um, with with eruptions there. Um, so you don't just you don't see it in very populated places very often. So. Um, so yeah, but obviously an active volcano said nearly half a century that, you know, you're talking, ha, you know, 50 years and, you know, volcanoes don't necessarily have to, you know, erupt every year, every five years to be considered, you know, active. Um, so, uh, and considering you think of some, some other very well-known volcanoes, you know, I think of Vesuvius as one of the, 
ones that are that are considered dormant now. Uh, it's been you know hundreds and thousands of years since the last time that those had any activity. So, fifty years or less then doesn't really seem in the whole grand scheme of things all that long. But again, fascinating story, and you feel for those people that live there and now have to evacuate because of you know volcanic activity. We'll keep it on. I think the mind-boggling thing about all of that was the you know what preceded it. 22,000 earthquakes in a week span. That's wild. That is crazy. Um So yeah. Um starting to get a little active right now in the tropics. Um as of recording this, uh, again, on Monday, the 20th, we've got two s- named storms of the Atlantic. We have Peter, um, which looks to remain out at sea. I don't see any uh, forecasts that have really created any major problems for the United States or any of the assets there. Any of the Caribbean islands may have some choppy seas, but nothing more than that. Rose is also a tropical storm. Both of these storms are forecasted to move due north and are going to be out pretty much in the middle of nowhere uh, in the Atlantic. So for now, no major problems, no mischief. We do have a disturbance uh, just east of Newfoundland. Uh, only a 10% chance of formation there over the next 48 hours. A 30% chance of a, off a wave uh, of a wave just off the coast of Africa. So it's east of Rose, west of the coast of Africa. Kind of sandwiched there that that could become uh, some more tropical development. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But so far, U.S. does not look to be impacted uh, by much Um with any of those storms that are starting to get going. So those are some brief headlines here uh, for this week of September 20th. So I got a good one here for you. This one just popped into my head. And you're, if you're a weather nerd, you're going to laugh at the pun that I just made. Um, I ran into, I don't peruse it much, but I, I ran into a TikTok that has gone viral. And it was a guy, I don't think he was a meteorologist, but he got into disgusting, discussing POPs. POPs in the weather world stands for probably, probability of precipitation. Uh, you may well know these a little better by um, if you look in extended forecasts and in, in many television markets on social media and on any given day, you may see a 20 percent, a 30 percent, a 40 percent, a 70 percent uh, when there's a rain chance there. That is probability of precipitation. I wasn't real sure that what the guy said was exactly what you know the definition meant and so there i've seen so many people share it and there is a lot of confusion and why i even bring it up more so wasn't just because of that that tiktok went viral there is a private group on facebook that many of us uh, television meteorologists go on and talk just about the business in general and share job openings that kind of stuff somebody had brought this up and i what i found fascinating is you have nearly 300 some professionals there the old and new um in this business um and everybody had different definitions for probability of precipitation so i'm going to walk you through what the weather service says what i've always said and why i have never (laughs) and i'm very fortunate um that i've you know worked at stations that don't force it i have never used probability of precipitation 
on the air. I will explain why and everything you ever wanted to know about Pops. That's coming up next here on Weather Weekly. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, episode number 32. This isn't going to be a super long one, but it does give me at least a little time. One, to explain something and two, to vent a little bit. All right. And three, to explain why I do not touch this subject matter on television. Okay, so um, I previewed this a bit. Probability of precipitation. We know them in the meteorological world as POPs, probability of precipitation. Um, this is shown, um, they do do this at the Weather Service. If you go to weather.gov and your specific office, so for central Indiana, if you go to weather.gov slash IND, that is the Indianapolis office, you will note... I will double check to make sure this is correct, but I'm pretty sure it is. If you click on Indy or any of your forecasted area, that they do pops there. Uh, I'm looking at it for now, and they have, you know, for now I'm recording this on Monday. All right. So we'll do our extended forecast here coming up. Uh, but for Monday night, they have 10% chance of. Uh, storms. For Tuesday, they have a 90% for, uh, chance of rain. For Wednesday, they have 60%. Uh, Thursday, it's a 30%. Okay? Those are pops. Um, TV stations that I'm, I know several uh, TV stations that will put pops on theirs. We do not at Wish TV, never have. Uh, that was set in long before I got there. That was not a decision I made, but I was happy to oblige. And again, I'll explain why. Now, I'm going to try to go through this slowly because I'm going to throw quote unquote official definitions at you. <laughs> what, what I find is there is no real official definition. It kind of depends on where you work. Okay, and I'll explain why here in just a second. Um, let me give you the quick and dirty one. So if you just look up on Google, what is POPs? What are probability of precipitation? This comes from the National Weather Service office out of Peachtree, Georgia. Okay, but this comes from a weather service. So this would be an official definition that they're putting out there. Here we go. Forecast issued by the National Weather Service routinely, routinely include a POP, probability of precipitation statement, which is often expressed as the chance of rain or chance of precipitation. Um, and then they give an example in their zone forecast that you would see 
on their website, or you may hear if you listen to a weather radio. What does this 40% mean? If it were to say, you know, this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms. What does this 40% mean? Will it rain 40% of the time? Will it rain over 40% of the area? The probability of precipitation simply describes the probability that the forecast grid point or forecast area in question will receive at least 0.01 inches of rain. That's one one hundredth of an inch of rain. So in this example, there is a 40% probability for at least one one hundredth of an inch of rain at that specific forecast point of interest. Okay. Here's a bit of a longer definition, okay? This comes straight from the Weather Service here. Uh, Paducah, Kentucky comes in their weather education uh, packet there. You can download PDF file, okay? Probability of precipitation forecast is one of the most least understood elements. At least they acknowledge it, right? It really is in the weather forecast. The probability of precipitation has the following features. The likelihood of occurrence of precipitation is stated as a percentage. A measurement amount is defined as 0.01 inches, one one hundredth of an inch or more usually produces enough runoff for puddles to form. The measurement is of liquid precipitation or the water equivalent of frozen precipitation. The probability is for a specified time period, i.e. today, this afternoon, tonight, or Thursday, etc. The probability forecast is for any given point in the forecast area. To summarize, the probability of precipitation is simply a statistical probability of 0.01 inches of more or more of precipitation at a given area in the given forecast area in the time period specified. Using a 40% probability of rain as an example, it does not mean, one, that 40% of the area will be covered by precipitation at a given time in the given forecast area, or two, that you will be seeing precipitation 40% of the time in the given forecast area for the given forecast time period. Let's look at an example of what the probability does mean. If a forecast for a given county says there is a 40% chance of rain this afternoon, then there is a 40% chance of rain at any point in the county from noon to 6 p.m. local time. This point probability of precipitation is predetermined and arrived at by the forecaster by multiplying two factors. Forecaster certainty that precipitation will form or move into the area times aerial coverage of precipitation that is expected and then moving the decimal point two places to the left using this are you following along here there's a lot using this here are two examples giving the same statistical result one if the forecaster was 80 percent certain that rain would develop but only expected to cover 50 percent of the forecast area then the forecast would read a 40% chance of rain for any given location. Two, if the forecaster expected a widespread area of precipitation with 100% coverage to approach, but he or she has, was only 40% certain that it would reach the forecast area, this would as well result in a 40% chance of rain at any given location in the forecasted area, which again, that's a little bit different. It's a little bit more in detail of what we were talking about, okay? So, obviously, not very clear. Now, 
let me just kind of walk you through. If you go to Google Images and just type in probability of precipitation meaning, you are going to get um, a host of images of explainers that meteorologists from television have tried to explain. I'm looking at one right now. I am not going to name any stations, and I don't want to call people out because, look, I, I don't use this because people don't know what the definition is. So there's no right or wrong. There's, this is not me trying to call out anybody, all right? Just in case somebody catches wind of this and they're like, wait a minute, that's my image. I, there is no right or wrong answer here. I, basically, what I want to do is I just want to reiterate why it's confusing, okay? So one graphic I'm looking at here, it's titled, 30% chance of rain. Here's what it really means. He has a picture of 10 people and you know it says 30% chance of rain. So he's got three people on the left side group together. He's got seven people on the right side group together. So, you know, three out of 10, that's 30%. The three people says, why is it raining? It's only a 30% chance. They are never right. The seven people are saying, why isn't it raining? They said a chance of rain. They are never right. So basically what they're saying is, you know, it's a 30% chance of rain um, and only 30% are, you know, three out of 10 are seeing the rain, which is in direct contrast, right? Think back to the definition that they said. In fact, I think if you go back, um, yeah, if I go back to that longer definition I just read you, it says it in bold from the Weather Service. It does not mean, one, that 40% of the area will be covered by precipitation at any given time in the given forecast area. So that's in direct contrast to what the Weather Service is saying. But again, um, you know, the Weather Service was kind of giving two separate definitions there. So it's, you know, what's right? What's wrong? Um, this comes from the Weather Service. This is from uh, the Northern Indiana office. What does a 20% chance of rain really mean? It's the likelihood of a measurable precipitation event. There's that number again, 0.01 inches at a grid point or a forecast area. During the indicated 12-hour period, the chance of rain is often called POP. We've already discussed that. Where does the percentage come from? Rain chances equals probability of storms developing times percent of area affected. In other words, 50% confidence of storms times 40% coverage equals 20% chance of rain. So theirs is a little bit closer to that longer definition, right? You've got that very brief equation. How long, uh, what pop doesn't tell you? How long it will rain? Only a few minutes of rain may equal a forecast hit. Conversely, light drizzle for hours may not accumulate to 0.01 inches, which would be a miss. How much it will rain? The only accumulation constraint in the pop is whether or not 0.01 inches will occur. Thunderstorms are often rather spotty in coverage, meaning lower pops, but produce some of the heaviest rainfall. Okay. So I think you're kind of getting my point. So this is essentially why I completely, completely avoid pops. Um, and the, the weather, way the weather service does it compared to TV doing it, it, it's different. And let me explain why. All right. So 
whether you are going to weather.gov and going to your specific you know, area, you know, just let's say, for example, Indianapolis, because that's where I work. So let's say you go to weather.gov slash IND, you click on Indianapolis and you get your extended forecast and you go through that forecast there. And I gave you kind of the rundown of what it, what it was saying. Um, you know, it's going to be a little bit different if I were to click on that seven day or the extended forecast, say up in Muncie. All right. Um, it's not a huge difference, but it's around, let's say, like I'm just looking at it now. I think I said 90% rain on Tuesday. It's 80% in Muncie on Tuesday. Um, I think it was 30% chance of rain on Thursday. It's 40% on Thursday for Muncie. Um, you know, you would get the same forecast if you were listening to a NOAA weather radio because they do what's called zone forecasts, right? So you're clicking on a specific region and you're getting that. The problem is, you know, Indianapolis DMA services basically the same areas, services the same areas as, as the weather service, you know, from north to south, east to west, basically from the Illinois state line to the Ohio state line, uh, down toward um, kind of Bedford, Seymour, uh, North Vernon area to the south, up north. You know, we're getting into uh, north of Kokomo, up in like Miami County and, and some of those areas. So, and technically, <clears throat> we're on some of the, uh, the uh, smaller um, smaller channels up in Fort Wayne and South Bend and up around the Chicago area. So we actually service, not on a 24-hour period, but service, at least for newscast period, uh, a good chunk of the state. I think the only part of the state that we are not on right now is down around the Louisville area, the Evansville area, and uh, extreme southeastern Indiana that's serviced by Cincinnati. So anyway, I'm kind of getting sidetracked here a little bit, but but my point is just kind of paving the way for this is that we service a large area. It's not just one town. And the problem is, as opposed to what the weather service can do, whether it be via your phone, via the weather radio you have, um, or going on the internet, is you would get a point and click forecast, right? So it's not a one size fits all. I don't get that luxury on TV. And a three to three and a half minute long forecast. Um, you know, I, I'm not doing extended forecasts for um, numerous, you know, like, you know, I'm, I don't have an eight day forecast for Indianapolis and then follow that up with an, an eight day forecast for Muncie, follow that up with an eight day forecast for Terre Haute, follow that up with an eight day forecast for Bloomington or Columbus. You get, you get what I'm saying here? Because you see my point, you know, sometimes there's, there'll be times where I'll say, and I use I-70 is, it ends up being a great dividing line right through the state, but interstates in, in general is a good line because they usually cut through a certain part of the state where you can say, hey, best chances are north of this interstate or south of this interstate, or you get what I'm saying. Um, and so, you know, there'll be times where, you know, we'll forecast um, a chance of, the, of rain 
for the northern half of the state, and there may not be anything in the southern half of the state. You know, if I'm showing an eight day, though, the northern half of the state may include Indianapolis. Um, and so if I'm putting pops on my eight day and I always say, look, slam dunk, northern half of the state, it's an all out rain. I put 90 percent chance of rain on the eight day and say that's for, you know, Tuesday. Uh, if you live in southern Indiana and you're watching my forecast and you see that eight day forecast, whether it be on the TV or whether it be on social media or you go to our website and you see 80 percent, you're like or 90 percent. Let us say 90 percent. Um, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't go golf today or I can't do yard work. Better get that done now, even though it's miserably hot. You know, it's all deceiving. Uh, I think there are better ways to get around it. I'm trying to get in the habit of showing probability of precipitation without necessarily showing probability of precipitation. Okay. Um, and how, how can I describe this? <laughs> it's hard to describe graphics when you're on an, you know, and uh, not a visual realm here. We're trying to, you know, when I'm trying to talk to you without actually presenting you with what I would show visually. Um, but basically what I've been trying to get into the habit of doing, and I think it's, it works well because here's the thing. And this goes back and you and I have had this conversation. If you've listened to all of the podcasts here so far, um, we've had this conversation with uh, communication, right? This is a communications business. And sometimes we overcomplicate the weather that should be so simple, um, especially during severe weather. But I think, you know, you need to do it in inconvenient weather times, too. There's always the joke of, you know, the weatherman is always wrong or I wish I could keep my job and be wrong half the time, you know, that kind of stuff. That's that's an old, old adage that is that stems from many, many, many years ago. And it's not accurate anymore. Are we 100 percent correct? No, never will be. Um, but certainly not like it was in the, you know, in 40 years ago when we didn't have access to. Uh, the data that we have now, there's no Internet. There's no way that we could describe the stuff with visually with the graphics uh, back then. It was basically magnetic boards or maybe just like a grease board that, you know, a weather personality was up there talking about. So, you know, uh, there are there are better ways to kind of visualize this, but still convey a message. So what I do is, for example, uh, through uh, through our system, I I can see the pops on there, and look, I do my I do my own forecast too. Um, that I can you know see each city their probability of precipitation, and then what I would do is I draw my own contour lines, and I separate it into three categories basically, um, and we call it chances for precipitation all right probability of precipitation i'm just trying to make it a little bit more viewer friendly easier not trying to dumb it down just trying to make it easier for the viewer chance for precipitation i don't get into the nitty-gritty of oh this is the chances that you get one one hundredth of an inch of rain no you know let's just say hey chance that you get some precip at all um and then I break it down to three categories. It's either slight, moderate, or likely. And I separate that by different shades of green. Obviously, lighter shade is going to be slight, 
you know, a little bit darker is moderate. Super dark is likely. For example, uh, this past Monday, if you're listening and you are from the state of Indiana, Monday was a soaking rain pretty much all day long. I had the entire state under likely, right? I had nailed that forecast. Felt good, pretty good about it. Um, so, but you get to like Wednesday when this podcast drops, um, it's, it was more, at least when I did the forecast on Monday, likely in the Eastern part of the state, more moderate in the central part of the state and slight in the Western part of the state. And basically, if you would have looked at the pops that we were forecasting, you were kind of 20% in the Western part of the state, but you were closer to anywhere between 60 to 80% in the Eastern part of the state. Make sense? So why we do that. So a big reason why I do that, and I guess why I have started to kind of trend this way. Um, Futurecast, you know, a lot of times we will show future radar, and it's dubbed different things in different TV markets. Futurecast, future radar, future scan, whatever their station, you know, brands it, whatever. But all it is, is it's a model, right? And we've talked about... um, how reliable or unreliable those can be sometimes. And so, you know, you're losing the message here because people are only going to look at it for, I mean, look, three minutes doesn't sound like it's a long time, uh, but you have to think of people's attention spans. And if they're not really into it, all they really want is the basics. When's it going to rain? Can I come home and mow? Is it going to be wet for my kids at the bus stop? Is it going to be a wet drive into work? Um, do I have to cancel the outdoor birthday party that I have on Saturday? Um, you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, the attention span for the people is extremely short, right? So you have to cater to that. Um, you have to, you know, you know, we're weather nerds and we like to dive deep into the nerdy stuff, but most people don't want that. Um, and that's what social media is for. That's what this podcast is for. You know, I, I, I'm going to go on here for probably a half an hour or so um, about probability of precipitation. Do you think my news director would let me do that on TV and have like a half hour segment for no? And who would watch? Um, but that's what that's what you get all these other avenues for. But I do think there is there's there's better ways to handle how to forecast precipitation and still convey the message. And I think with the way I've been kind of trying to lean a little bit more and I will still show future cast um, if I agree with it. There's times where, man, I'm just like, Ugh, this is just not this is not conveying the message that, that I believe is going to happen this gives me another avenue for it um and i think and and as we progress i'm going to see how kind of people react to this um both on social media and on um on air um you know i think people get stuck in habits a little bit and so some people like to see you run through a timeline on future cast but I also think that there's some false senses there because, boy, those things update, you know, every few hours. And, and it's not gospel, you know, when, uh, you know, and I, and I try to stop them. And I've always told interns, you know, when you're showing future cash, you need to pause at specific times. Don't just pause just to pause. You know, if there's nothing really crazy going on, my times I usually pause are going to be like seven o'clock in the morning, noon, five o'clock in the evening. Why? 
what's happening at 7 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock in the evening. People are going to work and leaving work. Noon time, some people are sneaking out for lunch. So those are kind of the important time frames that you want to pause through that. So the map that I create that you know mimics probability of precipitation but kind of has our own wording doesn't kind of give a timeline on that. And there's other ways to do that. Um, but it gets you there at least a little bit, right? And you lose the, well, he said it was going to be a 40% chance of rain. And for most, they don't understand what that means. So that's why we completely avoid it for the most part, right? Now, like I said, I'm kind of stepping into the realm of, yes, I am using probability of precipitation, but not really using probability of precipitation. Or the average person would not know that I am using it. I don't put it on the eight day. I don't say verbally on air that's a 20 to 30 percent shot that you get rain. Right. Um, but, you know, with that with that graphic that we have statewide, slight, moderate, likely, it is putting us in the realm of pops, um, which I think can be useful. But you have to make it easily understandable for the viewer, the customer. That's who is watching right now. And if they don't understand, what's the point in doing it? And the problem is it's not just the viewer that's not understanding it seems like a lot of meteorologists just aren't understanding it um so uh, if you are able to get a way out there to convey that message uh, that is relatable to the viewer and they understand it that's going to make uh that's going to make you better off in the long run that's what i'm hoping for um, and that's why i kind of avoid uh putting probability of precipitation in case any of you were wondering so now you know what those percentages means and why many stations, including my, my own, they do not use probability of precipitation. So hopefully that clears things up. All right. We will have that forecast. No pops included with several rain chances here as we're going into the last full week of September. That's coming up next here on Weather Weekly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, here's a look at your forecast for the week of September 20th. And yeah, feeling like fall. Who's excited about it? I know some people don't like to get rid of summer, uh, but it's time. And uh, we're starting to see that transition as promised. September and October, a big transitional period. Had a big cold front move through here uh, Tuesday into Wednesday. And so now podcast dropping on a Wednesday. Your numbers are only going to be in the mid 60s for highs. Still dealing with some showers in the wake of that front moving through. Uh, 
a low could get developed along that front and on the back end. A few showers still hanging around on Thursday. Thinking is it's going to be awfully raw for Thursday, and I think it's going to be a chilly start in the morning. I've got numbers into the 40s in some spots Thursday morning uh, and highs only into the mid-60s. Now, we do bounce back nicely. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back into the lower 70s. A real weak cold front on Saturday could bring a few showers. And it looks like we'll hang around into the lower 70s early into the week uh, next week. And I don't have any major precip chances over the uh, the longer term there, deeper into the uh, eight-day. But uh, six to 10-day outlook, uh, near normal temperatures as we start rolling through the next six to 10 days, precip below average. So despite kind of those wet start uh, to the week, uh, looks like we're going to be having several dry days to contend with. Eight to 14-day outlook, kind of a on the outside uh, edge of above average temperatures, potentially. And precip for the next eight to 14 days remains below average and uh, again staying pretty quiet looking ahead uh, the october outlook is out from the climate prediction center above average temperatures pretty good shot for it and it looks like the northern third of the state with above average precipitation so we'll keep an eye on that as we are knocking on the door of the month of October, my goodness. I think, yeah, next uh, next Tuesday will be my last September podcast. And then we start rolling into the month of October. We are just moving right along. All right, thank you so much for stopping by. I want to hear your comments too, whether it be about the subject matter, probability of precipitation, or anything about this podcast series. Love to hear your feedback. Uh, shoot me an email, marcus.bailey at wishtv.com. You can reach me on social media as well. Marcus Bailey Weather is what you search for on Facebook. You'll see a good-looking uh, bald guy in a suit there. Um, and then uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Marcus Bailey, uh, at Marcus Bailey on, on the Twitter machine. And I believe it's at Marcus Bailey also on uh, Instagram as well. Um, and you can message me there. I'd love to hear your um Love to hear your uh, your feedback uh, as we roll along with this series, and uh, we're going to be doing uh, some fun stuff. We got some some good interviews planned here over the uh, short term. Course, one of my favorite ones anticipated. It'll be a you know a, a renewed one we've had uh, last year. Uh, but Mike Ryan, he'll be coming up here not too long away, talking about his winter forecast. So we're getting there. Uh, again, thanks again for uh, stopping by here on this uh, episode number thirty-two. And uh, while you're here, make sure to check out all the other great podcasts from my coworkers and friends, uh, part of the All Indiana Podcast Network. We'll talk to you next week. Discover more. Discover more from Stormtrack A Weather and Wish TV. Online at wishtv.com. And when you follow Wish TV on Facebook. Plus, be sure to check out more great podcasts from the All Indiana Podcast Network now. Now at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.